Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 154. Main room, he took off his clothes and put them on the bed. The bruises on his torso were dark and vivid. He sat in the bath, watching the color of the bathwater change. Then, naked, he washed his socks and briefs and t-shirt in the basin, wrung them out, and hung them on the clothesline that pulled out from the wall above the bathtub. He left the cockroach where it was out of respect for the dead. Shadow climbed into the bed. He wondered about watching an adult movie, but the pay-per-view device by the phone needed a credit card. Then again, he was not convinced that it would make him feel any better to watch other people have sex that he wasn't having. He turned on the TV for company, pressed the sleep button on the remote three times, which would make the TV set turn itself off automatically in 45 minutes, by which time he figured he'd be fast asleep. It was a quarter to midnight. The picture was motel fuzzy, and the color swam across the screen. He flipped from late show to late show in the televisual wasteland, unable to focus. Someone was demonstrating something that did something in the kitchen, and replaced a dozen other kitchen utensils, none of which Shadow possessed. Flip. A man in a suit explained that these were the end times, and that Jehazus, a four- or five-syllable word, the way the man pronounced it, would make Shadow's business prosper and thrive if Shadow sent him money. Flip. An episode of MASH ended, and a Dick Van Dyke episode began. Shadow hadn't seen an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show for years, but there was something comforting about the 1965 black-and-white world it painted, and he put the channel changer down beside the bed and turned off the bedside light. He watched the show, eyes slowly closing, aware that something was odd. He had not seen many episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show, so he was not surprised that it was an episode he could not remember seeing before. What he found strange was the tone. All the regulars were concerned about Rob's drinking. He was missing days at work. They went to his home. He had locked himself in the bedroom and had to be persuaded to come out. He was staggering drunk, but still pretty funny. His friends, played by Maury Amsterdam and Rose Marie, left after getting some good gags in. Then, when Rob's wife went to remonstrate with him, he hit her hard in the face. She sat down on... And that's our page. To start off the page, I need to admit it that it was this book that made me realize what the clothes hang line coming out of the wall in some motel and hotel rooms was for... I didn't ever realize it was a clothesline. I don't honestly know what I thought. I'm wondering if maybe I thought it was a line to hang your own shower curtain from home? I know that's really out there, but my brain never made the connection that it was a clothesline to dry your clothes. Young me, much like current me, was not always thoughtful about stuff like that. Not a whole lot happens in the first part of the page, though. Shadow sits in the tub, cleans his socks and underpants, and that's depressing on its own, gets into bed to channel surf for a bit, sees a late-night infomercial for a magical kitchen utensil, doubtless invented by American inventor and marketing genius Ron Popeil, perhaps the Ronco Chopomatic, or maybe the Ronco Vegomatic. We're not given enough details on the page, but late-night Ron Popeil stuff was everywhere when I was watching TV at the same point. He then finds the other old-time staple of late-night TV, at least before the 24-hour TV cycle began, the Doom Preacher Televangelist. Nowadays, it's wealth gospel assholes as far as the eye can see. Although, I guess this guy's kind of a wealth gospel asshole as well. But I bet there's still some baker-like doom preachers out there somewhere. Hmm? This sort of religious caricature is actually kind of common in Neil's work. I know for certain one shows up in Signal to Noise, and I swear there's a panel or two somewhere in Sandman, but I'm struggling to get my brain wrapped around exactly when that is. I didn't find it on a quick search. MASH, mentioned on the page, was one of the most popular television series of all time, ran from 1972 until 1983, stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, and the show takes place during the Korean War. 
The show itself was adapted from a 1970 movie of the same name, which itself was based on the novel M.A.S.H., a novel about three army doctors, and damned if that isn't a catchy title, written by Richard Hooker. The finale for M.A.S.H., which aired in 1983, was the most-watched episode of television at the time, somewhere around 125 million viewers, which would have been half the population of the country. About 77% of viewers who were watching TV at the time were apparently watching the M.A.S.H. episode as it aired. And what I'm fairly certain is a coincidence, the theme song for M.A.S.H. is entitled Suicide is Painless, though Shadow is certainly in a dark place at this point of the book. It also shows up, uh, the theme song shows up in the issue of Sandman, which I'm going to talk about more vaguely until the name comes into my head. Facade which, if I was better prepared, I would have made a note of which number that is. It's one of the uh, it's one of the many issues that does not deal with Morpheus in any way. But death shows up. It's it's a really good meditation on grief and trauma and things like that. And definitely one of my favorite issues and one of the most popular issues in the series. The episode of Mash ends and rolls into the Dick Van Dyke Show. The Dick Van Dyke Show ran from 1961 to 1966, starring Dick Van Dyke, Rosemarie, Maury Amsterdam, Larry Matthews, and Mary Tyler Moore, who then got her own separate show due to the popularity of the series. I, like Shadow, have not seen many episodes of the series. I probably wouldn't know the theme song if you played it, but I also think, like Shadow, if Dick Van Dyke came out of his bedroom roaring drunk and just punched Mary Tyler Moore in the nose, yeah, I think it would be pretty clear something was up. The page ends there, but... That means on tomorrow's episode, we get to meet one of my favorite characters, and I know I say that about all of them, but I really do like most of the characters in the book. I guess just assume that if a character shows up here, they're probably one of my favorites. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we used as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.